welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Turn You Northward, the first message of our new senior pastor, Vinny Azzolini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. He's worthy. He's been so faithful. He's been so faithful. He's been so faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you just let a shout out? Come on, why don't you just let your faith... There's something shifting in this service right now. Come on, this church is stepping into a new season today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And in this worship team, do an awesome job today. Amen. 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 Welcome, everybody. We're so delighted that you have chosen to be in the house of the Lord with us today. We're so thankful that you are here. Uh, I do want to take a moment today before we get into the word uh, just to express honor and thanksgiving to this incredible church board here at Greater Faith. These men have led, they have labored, and they have been, you know what they've been? They've been keepers. They've been keepers. When David went to fight at Ziklag, the only reason he could go is because there was keepers at home. And these men have been keepers of the faith in this season that you have been in. And I think that we should give them a great hand clap today and give them on. It's been such an honor to get to know each of them and to work with them these last few weeks. And I want to thank all of you for your vote of confidence in me and in my family. And I will tell you, we we are just as surprised as you are. <laughs> Amen. But we do feel so strongly. And we can talk about it another day, but the Lord has confirmed in so many ways that we are absolutely here in the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And we know that God has great things in store for Greater Faith Apostolic Church and for the city of Ironton. If you believe that, give the Lord another hand clap, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd go in the word of the Lord with me today to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 2. Deuteronomy, chapter 2. And I'm going to read to you verses 2 and 3. Deuteronomy, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. When you have it, say amen. 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 
And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Look at your neighbor say, it's been long enough. Turn you northward. And that's what I want to preach to you about today. Because greater faith, it's been long enough. And I want to preach to you, turn you northward. Are you ready? All right, let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house today with your people. Lord, we are so grateful for your faithfulness and your goodness towards us. Lord, for keeping your hand upon this precious congregation, upon this precious church. And I pray today that you would bless this inauguration service, Lord, as this great assembly steps into a new season. Lord, I speak faith into this atmosphere right now. I speak expectation and vision into the hearts and minds of this congregation today. In the name of Jesus Christ, pour out of your spirit upon all flesh in Jesus' name. And we will not fail to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some thanks in advance today for what he's going to do in this service? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise God. Doesn't it feel good in God's house today? Amen. When Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the promised land, 10 came back with a negative report. And two men, Joshua and Caleb, Caleb, excuse me, came back with a good report. Because of the faithless report of the ten, the Lord exacted judgment on that generation and told them that they would never enter in to the promised land. The promised land was, of course, God's promise to the children of Israel. It was his intended purpose and destination for that congregation. You know God's got an intended purpose and destination for greater faith. Amen. Amen. Because of the hasty reaction of these ten, the Lord punished those that came back and had a bad report and said that there is no way that we can take the promised land and possess what God has promised to us. When the Lord brought judgment upon them, they tried to undo what they had done. The Lord said, you know, you've murmured for 40 years and I've provided. You've complained and you were never happy. And when your moment came to possess the promise you were unwilling to move forward. He said, and now you're going to have to stay here. He said, you were afraid that if you moved into the promised land to fight the Canaanites and the, and the enemy that is currently inhabiting the land, 
You were afraid you would lose your sons and daughters. He said, but I'll tell you what. He said, you're going to stay here until every person that has murmured dies right here. And the very ones that you were fearful you would lose, they're going to move into the promised land without you. Timing matters to God. Timing matters. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 43 and 44. I'm going to read it to you in the amplified version. I apologize. I didn't get this to you back there. I'll do better. It's my first Sunday. <laughs> so I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up into the hill country. Then the Amorites who lived in that hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and struck you down in Seir as far as Hormah. Because they did not recognize, realize, and respond with faith to the timing of God. Don't miss this. They went back into a cycle of waiting and wandering as God waited for some things to die before he brought them into promise. What are you trying to say, Brother Venny? Greater faith, this is your moment. This is your moment. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And your narrative from this day forward needs to be, we are going to take the land. We are going to move into promise if you had a little doubt if you had a little reservation now's the time to lay that down and say i may not have understood everything that happened i may have some questions in my spirit but i'm not going to be left behind god i'm going to give a good report because i'm standing in a god moment right now Hallelujah. I remember coming here to preach to you on a Wednesday night. It was my first time here. And coming that night, I, Brother Jerry, I was just coming to fill a pulpit. <laughs> or so I thought. And I remember that morning in my office, the Lord brought me to a verse and that verse talked about the children of Israel being in their tents during a waiting season. And the verse said that as long as the cloud hovered above the tents, there was rest in the camp. And I came to you that night and I said, don't be restless. Don't be restless in this waiting season. Because soon and very soon, that cloud is going to move. Mm, hallelujah. Ironton, the cloud is moving. Mm. The cloud is moving, and the camp 
is moving forward. Now is the time to say, I am willing to take the stakes out of my tent because the season of stationary is over. The cloud is moving, and I'm not going to be left behind. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, halabashandanamakaya. Amen. Amen. A German scientist decided to do a study about a hypothesis that you probably have heard before. Have you ever heard this? When people get lost, they tend to walk in circles. Anybody ever heard that? And this is what they concluded. In one experiment, 15 volunteers blindfolded and outfitted with GPS receivers tried to walk in a straight line across a large field. Most participants meandered this way and that way, occasionally walking in circles as small as 20 meters in diameter. Previously, some researchers had proposed that walking in circles could result from subtle differences in the strength or length of the two legs that would bias a person to veer toward the left or the right. But in Salman's experience, ex excuse me, experiment, most subjects showed no strong bias for leftward or rightward turns. Although subjects did have small differences in the strength of their left and right legs, the researchers found these differences did not correlate with their turning tendencies. And when the researchers exaggerated differences in leg length by adding a 12 millimeter thick sole to the volunteer's left or right shoe, they found no systematic effect on the tendency to veer left or right. No matter what your philosophy is, whether you lean a little left or you lean a little right. When you're lost, you're going to just walk in circles. Stay with me now. The study concluded that people walk in circles when they lack landmarks to guide them. We must know where we came from where we are, and where we are going. We must know who we are, whose we are, and where he is taking us. Oh, greater faith, this is a landmark service in Ironton, Ohio. You can look in the rear view mirror and see where we've been. You can look around you and see where we are right now. And before we leave here today, God is going to show us where we are headed. There is a landmark in front of us today. Hallelujah. There is a story in the Old Testament 
when the children of Israel passed over Jordan. How many of you are familiar? When they passed over Jordan, they made a memorial. They called it a memorial of stones. And the writer said, the reason we are building this memorial is so that when your sons and daughters come upon this memorial, they will ask, what mean ye by these stones? We have to know what our history is. That's our first landmark. Each and every one of us came out of Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of a life before God, a life in the world, a life in sin. The Bible says that each and every one of us were a slave to sin or a slave to the flesh. The Bible says God condemned sin in the flesh in the book of Romans. What's that mean? That means sin was your identity in Egypt. You were bound to it. You were in bondage to the world. And hear this, you could not save yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 read this way. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Behind me is a place of deliverance. Behind each and every one of you was a moment in your life where God stepped into your story and said, you are bound by sin and you are a slave to this world. And God, the deliverer, our Savior, stepped in and said, I'm going to pull you out of a situation that you cannot save yourself from. You may have recognized that you were in bondage. You may have recognized that you were in sin but you were powerless to save yourself. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. We all needed a Savior, and it's the landmark of our past that stands behind us. We needed an advocate, an authority to intervene. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Read, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Our first landmark is Egypt. Everybody say Egypt. Our next landmark is the wilderness. The Lord brought us out of sin. But when we come into the wilderness, remembering that it was him that led us there, it's where we die out to sin in us. Mm. When God brings us out of bondage, he brings us into the wilderness. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable 
and perfect will of God. When we were in Egypt, the world was all around us. When we come into the wilderness, God pulls the world out of us. It's where a transformation begins to take place in the life of every believer. Transformation happens in the wilderness. I cannot will myself to be like Jesus. The Bible says they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. The wilderness is where we die out to our flesh. Mm. Your flesh will always despise the wilderness season. But before you run out of your wilderness too quickly, or you allow frustration to cause you to do something hasty, hear the preacher today. The wilderness is a safe place for your flesh to die. It may be a frustrating place, but it's a safe place because there's a boundary of protection around you in the wilderness. See, God knows that you can't fight your flesh and the adversary at the same time. So he hides you in a place where a transformation process can begin to take place in your heart and in your mind. The wilderness protects you from the enemy that wants to destroy you. And the only way for you to destroy yourself in the wilderness is to get out of the timing of God. See, you will either die there because you refuse to die out to yourself or you will leave before it's time and give the enemy early access to your life. The wilderness is a place where God protects you. He provides for you and keeps you occupied. He lets time starve the desires of your flesh until you're ready for him to give you new desires. Many people never leave the wilderness. You need to hear me today. This is an important landmark, and we're going to move on in a minute. But some people get stuck in the wilderness and never leave there. Oh. They let frustration get the best of them. Mm. It is here where you can choose in the wilderness what kind of relationship you're going to have with God. Is this going to be a need-based relationship where you can know him but still be comfortable in your carnality? Where you can know him and have spiritual experiences with him and experience manna and provision outside of your tent, but never want to leave the comfort of dependency? Or are you going to have a faith-based relationship with God? Mm. Numbers 13 and 30 said, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. What's that mean? He said, Calm down. Keep calm. Let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. 
Churches grow just like people do as individuals. When a church starts, it immediately starts bringing people out of bondage. There's growth as new people are born into the body of Christ. And then this new assembly of believers goes through a wilderness season. A place where God not only removes them from Egypt, but he removes Egypt from them. It's a place where God calls them unto himself. It's where his nature begins to take up residence inside of them. It's where double-mindedness and division withers and vision and unity flourishes. When a church is in a wilderness season, it feels like you're busy, but not progressing. Active, but not fruitful. Walking, but with no purpose. Church, I can't say it enough to you today. Don't squander your wilderness season or you'll be doomed to repeat it. Just like a whole generation of people that were left there before they went into the promised land. You need to be ready because every wilderness generation receives at least one opportunity to move into promise. And we're not going to miss ours, greater faith. We are not going to miss ours. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this room right now. Greater faith as a church body, you have been in a wandering season. You've been active. You've been busy. You've been gathering. But without a set direction but saints of God I've come with a word for you today you have compassed this mountain long enough long enough it's time to turn you northward it's time to stop walking in circles it's time to stop meandering in the wilderness Honey, because activity is not a direction. They compassed the mountain. They were active. They were busy. There was movement, but there was not a direction. But God has sent me here today to set a direction for greater faith. We are heading northward in Jesus' name. We are heading northward in Jesus' name. We are leaving doubt in the wilderness. We are leaving fear in the wilderness. We are leaving carnality in the wilderness. We are leaving Egypt in the wilderness. It's time to turn northward, saints. It's time to pursue the promises of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Ah. Praise God. Ah. The Bible says that without a vision, the people perish, and I'm closing. Ah. We've had blindfolds on for a little while. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost today that the scales are falling from our eyes right now and there is vision that is coming to greater faith starting today we're going to turn northward together let me tell you something 
The promises of God, Brother Tarion, are just north of here. Just north of here, there is revival. Just north of here, there is healing in the land. Just north of here, there's deliverance in your city. Just north of here, there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We're turning northward together, Brother Burden. We have come past this mountain long enough. But today, greater faith, we are stepping over a transition in time. And we are moving into promise together. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Ah, just north of here, there is advancement and multiplication in Jesus' name. Just north of here is a narrative of victory. Just north of here, there are signs wonders and miracles greater faith you better get ready because people are going to be healed in every service that we have people are going to be delivered in every service that we have we have come past this mountain long enough ah, see there's got to be something that changes in your mindset and in your attitude today where you realize hey we're not just going to have a wait and see mindset anymore because the day is here and we can take the land we can take the promise will there be challenges yes are there giants yes but we are well able we are well able God has equipped you he has called you he has anointed you and we are going north in Jesus name John 10 10 says the thief cometh not but for for to steal to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly just north of here is abundant life just north of here the season of waiting is over Uh, We just prophesy to you for a moment and tell you there's going to be a revival of backsliders. Uh, There's going to be a revival of the missing. We got MI. The Lord told me there are MIAs in Ironton. People who used to be here. People who used to worship with you. People who used to attend faithfully. But they're missing in action. There's going to be a revival of MIAs in Ironton. Hallelujah. You desire to have life and life more abundantly. I'm going to invite you today to step out of your seat and come to the front and join us down here as a family, Greater Faith. And we're going to spend a few moments before we are dismissed and we are going to worship together. We're going to praise God together. We're going to get in one mind and one accord because today is a day of victory. 
Today is a day of victory for greater faith. Hallelujah. 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 Are you ready? Come on, let's worship. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.